Three receivers left. Quick count. Rodgers takes. Pump fakes once and again. Scrambles to his right. Buying time. Takes it himself. He's to the five. To the end zone. For the touchdown. Aaron Rodgers just inside the pylon. And the Packers lead it. 23 to 14. Packers leading by three. Both sides out of timeouts. Snap to Murray. Throws right side of the end zone, intercepted, and the Packers get the dagger from the former Arizona Cardinal. And here's the snap. Stafford, tight pocket. Hit as he throws left side, it's intercepted. Dead on sidelines. Douglas to the house, high stepping. Touchdown, Green Bay, in a third quarter dagger. When they score touchdown. Welcome to the Packer Force Podcast. Uh, joined by my brothers Peter Sill and Andrew Sill. That's the Mountain, the Black Mountain. And the Deacon, respectively. The legend is passed and has become the Deacon, and I guess they're all getting suited up here. There we go. The Deacon. Deacon, does this mean you've become a new member of the Packer Force? Um, There's a little bit of a chrysalis going on under the mask right now. I'm sure a character will emerge victorious. Over the right. old character, the Deacon, eventually, but we're not there yet. Nice. So the first, I have some questions about the game because uh, <laughs> the Packers are playing the Vikings tomorrow. Are you guys excited for that game? For like short one sentence answer, are you excited for that game? No. Sure. Oh God. Deacon. <laughs> I mean, no, not particularly. It's going to be super fucking cold. I usually like to have a fire and sit outside and watch the game. That's kind of my thing if I'm by myself. And I am during night games. Just pop buses out on night games. So I will be by myself. And it's going to be like 10 degrees as a high during the day. So I don't. It's it's just like an atmosphere of blah. Like I was talking to my friend. And we were actually debating going to the game. But too fucking cold, man. Yeah, that's... Lambo's going to be probably the empty. Weather All the season alone. ticket holders who couldn't sell because they didn't know the forecast and now are like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be empty. I don't think it's, it's not going to be empty. <laughs> Although, you should go, Peter. You should go in your COVID. To the... You guys, this Omicron is fine. It's... You know, you should try it. Like, you know. <laughs> No, um, so you, you, Peter, you said sure? You said sure, yeah. I mean, the most I felt this entire season was losing to the Vikings earlier on. And that hurt. And I didn't like it. I didn't like them beating us. Made me feel bad. (laughs) So I want to make them feel bad. And I like making the Vikings feel bad because they're shithead fans. They're bitter and mean and irrational and sad and they they're 
yeah, they're just not nice. They're like the biggest asshole fan base in the NFC North. And they're like a bizarro Packer fan base. They're like entitled about nothing. Like they're they're yeah. like they keep talking about like best chance to win a Super Bowl. It's like you don't even know what that means. I mean, I just have to wonder this, like is saying sure to the question, are you excited, complete hyperbole? <laughs> like, sure in and of itself suggests the complete lack no, of... No, that's not hyperbole. Itself. That's oxy. That's an oxymoron. Oxymoron? When it's the opposite of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's an oxymoron. <laughs> to say sure, I'm excited. But yeah, I mean... There's, why there's, not? Why not? I want. I want to be. You know, the truth is, is that this year has still been recovering from last year where we should have where we should have won. Well, let's let's not let's I want to clarify that really quickly, because it's like last the way last year ended made me not want to ever get excited about anything ever again, (laughs) because it was like, huh, that was what getting excited for something feels like. And that (laughs) felt horrible. So let's not do that. I mean, the, the, you and I have talked about this all year long. It's been like waiting for the Packers to come to me. Yeah. Uh, and I actually do think that tomorrow's game is a come-to-me opportunity. I think if you see, like, this Vikings game, I hear me out. It's a big chance to, to change kind of the tone of this season if you're able to put your foot through the throats of the Vikings. They're 7-8. and eight. They're on the very, very fringe of the playoff picture right now. We know they play the Bears next week. So that's one win they'll have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they get pushed to 7-9, and 8-9 and nine is, like, not going to get in. Um, so this is the – and depending on what way the games break tomorrow, it could be the case that we have the chance to just eliminate them, which would be immensely satisfying. So, um, you, and it would really turn the corner from like this regular season morass into like, hey, it's postseason time. Let's go. Let's redeem ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you'd love to do it to the Vikings. You'd love to do it to the Vikings. Here, here's my question: Is that you said this is a point to change the tone for this team? Why would you change the tone? Do you want to change the tone? Because it's this. Yes, because if this you play so with this sort of laziness in the playoffs, then it's going to happen the same way that it did um, when you played the Vikings the first time. You're going to get a team that comes in excited, and they're going to knock you on your ass. And that can't happen in the playoffs. Yeah. Would it help to get knocked on our ass in this game just to remind ourselves that maybe we should remember that we can get knocked on our ass going into the playoffs? I don't it's, like if I was if I was a believer in the way that I was last year, I could see what your point. But I'm saying like let's just play better. We don't have to lose about it. Let's just play better. True. And also that's that's what this opportunity is. When we get this twenty four to five win over Minnesota <laughs> and we crush them thoroughly. 24 to 5? Well, I, said, the safety I, said, I said 48 to 10, and Andrew's like, it's too cold for that. And I was like, that's a good point. So let's half yeah. the ratio. Or not half the ratio, but half it. We keep the ratio. 24 to 5. Mm-hmm. A low out victory. Um, I think if you do that, it is kind of like this, kind of like the Titans game last year. The Titans game was like, oh, shit. 
we're ready and then we weren't but whatever like um so if you're if you're looking for that it's the opportunity for it i just don't care i just want to beat the vikings and, and knock them out of the playoffs but i also would like to beat the vikings badly because my question is this why can't we treat the vikings the way we treat the bears our team plays the bears with such contempt for their hopes and dreams and yet when we play the vikings it's like where does all that go? Where does all that fire and entitlement and like confidence go? And then we're playing, you know, we're getting burned by Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins is throwing on us. And sometimes he throws interceptions fine, but that defense, like Harrison Smith still scares me. Anthony Barr still scares me. Like fuck all those guys. Like <laughs> fuck that defense. Fuck Mike Zimmer. Fuck that team. Like why are they still here? Like, we have not been able to flush them. They're like a massive turd that we cannot get to flush down the toilet. I mean, we do flush them plenty. I think it's just that they're generally a better team than the Bears in the past seven, eight seasons. But they're not generally a better team than us. So why do we keep losing to them? I think we still have a winning record against them. Do we not? Aaron Rodgers still has a winning record. I guess the Vikings have to assume so. It's a winning record, but it's like below what he is against everyone else. Below the standard of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean. Better against Aaron Rodgers than any other team does. The Vikings have generally been a better team. Like the Bears just continue to shit on themselves. There is just wet doo-doo running up and down their fur that they cannot get out. Vikings will make terrible mistakes, but they'll also put themselves in a position to win because they've had really good receiving core that has, you know, generally worked with their passing game. You know, Adam Thielen has always been a threat, even when Sam Bradford was throwing to him. Stefan Diggs. Now it's Justin Jefferson. They've always had a really good running game. Dalvin Cook has always been really good. Uh, Adrian Peterson, and then, you know, the little guys that they had in between that, you know, it was easy to own them. And then their defense is always focused, you know. They've made more mistakes recently because I think they're getting older and they're getting a little bit tired. You know, that that scheme, that philosophy is getting tired. And, you know, your defense, especially your safety, start to wear down really quick. Um but, yeah, they always play sound, aggressive football, and they're a much more focused team that only makes fatal errors, right? <laughs> like, they tried to make several fatal errors against us, but it just didn't – those, you know, those just happened to not work out. Those interceptions just happened to not be caught. Did you guys know the Packers are undefeated at home? Did not, but that doesn't really surprise me. Like, I didn't either. It doesn't surprise me either, but 7-0. Actually, I would have figured that one of those losses was at home. Yeah. Like, if I didn't remember, like, oh, yeah, the Saints we played in Jacksonville, the Vikings were playing at home tomorrow, and the Chiefs was in Arrowhead. That was Jordan Love's nightmare. Um, yeah. Yeah, we haven't really lost this season, except for to the Vikings. But... That's always good. That's always that, that always feels like the Packers. That's how the Packers have been my whole life. Just dominate at home. You know, remember when we had the 30 game, the 27 game winning streak that Mike Vick finally broke? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lambeau Field. I, you know, I was a kid. I used to, I used to think like it literally can't happen. And then Mike yeah. was like, no, yeah. you're just all really slow. <laughs> that was frustrating. <laughs> yep. Running yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, that was that was the end of that team. But yeah, so that's that's why we can't do it. Like I think there's more hatred, but you know the Vikings themselves are a bully and they're not stupid and doofy enough to just continue to feel bad about getting beat. I would argue you know, that they are got, though, and like the league and the league, the big picture they are. They're yes. not. They're mo- mostly a bully to us, and I think it actually has to do with. I think Aaron, there's some element of this that ties to Brett Favre going to the Vikings and beating Aaron twice in his first year and, like, kind of soundly kicking our asses. We got him back the next year, but Brett was done, you know, in that last season. Um I think something about that, he's, he's, he can't say he's always on Minnesota because – Minnesota popped him twice the first year with Brett Favre with his big brother. And so they're kind of a big brother team to us, even though we're more successful and charming than them. Man, I, I mean, even like back to my earliest, you know, Packers versus Vikings memories in the Metrodome. You know, that was always a scary place to play. Just like yeah. Lambeau Field, we dominated there. We sucked in domes. It, we, that was just one place that we hated to go play. I don't know. There's something that Robert Smith still had a good running game. You know, whether it was Randall Cunningham or Warren Moon and Dante uh, Randy Moss. It's been the same team. John Randall, Jared Allen. It's been the same exact team. There's some <laughs> lean dude on defense. Yeah, Eric Kendrick. Chris Hovan. Chris Hovan. Yeah. <laughs> it's been the same exact team for 20 years, <laughs> which is why you can count on us beating them. Because why you can count on us being what? Beating them. Oh. Because we we tend to have the advantage over time. Okay. All right. I mean, as long as we get the job done, I guess that's what matters. And then we'll move on and did you know twiddle our thumbs against the Lions well, playoff start. Yeah, yeah, I I think there's that, but I I am also this is why I say sure, I'm excited about this game because I do really want to beat them and I know it'll feel good in the moment watching that game when we do beat them and they walk off the field 7 and 9 fucking losers. Yeah. Um so let me ask you this, Andrew. You're not really excited about the Vikings game. How excited are you about this, this you know, upcoming, you know, finale the arc to this whole season? The fiasco. The whole fucking the shebang. Whole shebang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know yet. I think pretty. I'll know a lot more after this game. I don't think I'm going to learn anything from the Lions game. No, it usually is the case. Yeah, that's why I was going to say this is not a game that you can just lose and learn something from. Because the only game after that is the Lions. that you would be able to correct is the Lions. You're not, you're not getting anything from that game. Yeah. 
this is kind of it. This is the <coughs> this is like the last test, and then the lions are like review before the final exam, yeah, and that's then fucking extra credit. Yeah, and you can skip that day if you want, and then it comes mm-hmm. final exam time. And it's inter- like I don't know if I'll be excited for the divisional round. You know, yeah. if we and if we lose, then we have to think about the wild card too, which is crazy. There's like two games in there that I could not care about <laughs> before getting to. I mean, it really is just all about, hey, let's go to the, back to the NFC Championship and mm-hmm. do better. Like that's it. That's the whole year. That's kind of it, man. And honestly, like, if we lose in the Super Bowl, at least we did something. <laughs> at least we fucking got there to lose. Yeah, we made one improvement step, but... Do you remember when the Eagles lost three NFC championships in a row, mm-hmm. right? In the second act of the Favre era? Mm-hmm. Right? 2003, 2004, 2005. That's, that is unbelievable. And then they went back and won it in their fourth. Mm-hmm. With when they got Terrell Owens and then they lost in the Super Bowl, but at least they made it. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. I was really pulling for the Eagles in that Super Bowl. They I don't think I was. I don't know. It. I hated the Eagles though. I so hated T.O. But when he came back after fucking what was it like six weeks when he should have been out twelve. He yeah, and that broken leg. Miraculous recovery to play his ass off in that game. Um, okay, so Peter, how about you? How are you? How excited are you for the the finish to the last dance? Mm. It's it's so interesting because it's it's been kind of fun to just sit back a little bit this year. This has just been a more objective year. I mean, last year, that was all we had. We were just in it, living living vicariously through the Packers. Mm -hmm. This year, I mean, I've been really busy. Also, getting back to being busy after a year of not being nearly as busy. Yeah, where the Packers were, like, all (laughs) mad. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been fun to to be a little bit more recreational (laughs) about it. You know, rather than uh, have it be like, you know, part part time job mm-hmm. to be a fan. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We're casuals, by the way. If, if you're watching this, we're casuals <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Fuck um, We don't even watch the game. Yeah. No, I have I have made a point at several points this year to like miss parts of Packer games because like. It's like a self-care kind of thing. Like, not gonna, not gonna hang on every play. Need to miss some of this game. Yeah. I haven't missed any in a long time though. So. I mean. Yeah. Even with as low as my give a fucks has been throughout the season, I didn't miss much. Like I barely paid attention to that last game. The Cleveland game. In the Cleveland yeah, same. Game. I had it on in front of me, but I also had three conversations going on at the same time, and I could not tell you what was going on in that game until, like, the final three minutes. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I switched over to the Bucks game. I watched the end of that in the middle of this. Mm-hmm, yeah, sure. that was actually more memorable than most of that. <laughs> yeah. Game. That Bucks finish was dope. That was a good game. Go Bucks. 
Yeah, I was I was celebrating an engagement at that point. So, <laughs> yes. so like, okay, yeah, that kind it of. It was wins. really nice that they turned the Packer game on. I was with my fiance's family, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we like football. We can turn it on." I put on my <laughs> Packer socks and like, you know, I was trying to do double duty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they thought it was funny. Oh, that wasn't even getting into it. They love seeing passion. <laughs> they love seeing oh, my passion. Okay. Apparently, they love seeing my passion. I felt like that was my, one of my least passionate. <laughs> yeah. They should watch a playoff game with me sometime. Yeah, watch the NFC where I don't want them over there. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, should see okay. the Bucks NFC Championship. I think this is something that can get me excited uh, going forward, I think, is to look forward to the playoffs. Because, you know, even though it's, you know, if it's not the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl, it's still like if you lose, you're done. Yeah, you taste the blood, right? I'm, yeah, I think, yeah, I've just had, I felt a little bit of an emotional disconnect from the team, but it seems to be working and it's kind of fine to give them responsibility back, emotional responsibility over whether they win or lose, you know. Whereas before, we were taking all the emotional responsibility, making sure that we were there as much as we could be. Yeah. Spiritually. Yeah, I don't um, know. It's been weird. Losses don't hurt this year, and it I don't know that I like it. It's been more comfortable, but it also hasn't had near as high highs as the highs usually are. Well, this is the thing that that we need to that we need to address. Do we like the Packers? <laughs> like this is this is the ultimate thing. Like I was thinking about it, who are the Packers? The Packers are like the team that lives in Springfield but has like a 5 million dollar home there. You know, and like owns a bunch of shit. What? You know, but are they What? You know, there's the arrogance that goes along with it. They're they're obviously playing arrogant right now. Mm-hmm. And that's but never they live been in us. Springfield. Why do they live in Springfield? It just in in a hundred thousand population midwestern town. I I mean okay. the Packers are a white. I want to clarify for our audience. Team. Hold on, I want to clarify for our audience that we're from Springfield, Illinois. So when we reference Springfield, that's what it is. Yeah. Nobody Three hours away from Chicago, yeah. right? It's like, I don't know. It's, you know. No, the Packers are very much a rich white kid franchise this year. Yeah. See, the Bucks, the Bucks and the base. Brewers are still poor franchises. They're still small mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. Packers are not the same. They have grown yeah. to something beyond. They've outgrown that underdog title that they get just from being small town anymore. They don't get that. Yeah. Same. The Packers are Walmart. As long as they're this successful with Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are Barnes and Noble. <laughs> no. All right, there's a little bit more history. There's a little bit more history to it. Yeah, we've definitely um, got history and all that. But is this season really all just about Rasul Douglas? Is he the main character of this entire <laughs> drama? Or no, man. 
he doesn't have the highlights. He doesn't have the hits. You listen to our intro. It's all Rasul Douglas. I got one Aaron Rodgers play, and I was literally thinking at my computer today. I was like, what big plays have happened? <laughs> there aren't any. There, there was, there's been some big runs and big, you know, throwing catches. But, like, Devontae Adams doesn't score long touchdowns. He just doesn't do it. Right. Like Jordy Nelson does. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams will go out of bounds at the five-yard line. And Jordy Nelson was always able to shake that last guy and get into the end zone. Dude, they were talking on uh, Broncos radio. They are like, have you ever seen uh, chemistry between a quarterback and receiver that's better than Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers? You know, you can think of, like, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison. And I was like, dude, you didn't see – like, do you, did you Jordy. forget Jordy Nelson and Aaron <laughs> yeah. Rodgers, which was even better? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Aaron and Devontae have very, very good professional chemistry, but it's not to the level of idiosyncrasy where it was like Jordy and Aaron, like – thought and lived and breathed the same way it was it was it was at the same time they do it in real time like i think aaron and and Devonte can come up with some crazy schemes like i'll fake this route go in like oh i'm just gonna hit you on this we're gonna do this but aaron Rodgers could be scrambling for his life and he would flick his head and jordy nelson would dive to the pylon and meet perfectly in sync with the ball like it was like the ability that Aaron Rodgers had to direct him through traffic just with his eyes and just kind of feel feel the play out. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. Yeah. It's like how I used to be with Marley. <laughs> Your ex-girlfriend's like, dog. It's like having a really goddamn good border collie. You just you look at the door and he's ready to go on a car ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of Jordy Nelson and guys that we want to come back, there are three all-pros right now, and I don't care if Zadarius got snubbed, um, there are three all-pros on injured reserve. Who do you think is coming back between Zadarius Smith, David Bakhtiari, and Jair Alexander? That's my that's my question 1A here. I have a, I have a question B to follow up once we Is it not logical to think that they're all coming back? Aren't they all in position that they should all be getting ready to come back right now? But that's like been the case like they've all yeah. They're all they've getting all the specifically chance. led us to believe that they're getting ready. Z keeps fucking instagramming stories that are like nod nod wink winky I'm coming. Bach has fucking tweeted that he's back and Jair just got activated and there's no reason not to think that he wouldn't be back if he can be back. Like, I legitimately do think they're all coming back. Do I think they're all going to be effective? Do I think they're all going to be <coughs> snap counts? That's a different question completely, but I do genuinely expect all of them to be back as long as at least we don't lose wild card round I, let's see i think jair is going to come back and play in a limited basis i think he'll probably 
I don't know if they'd give him any snaps this week, but I bet he'll get a couple snaps next week. Bakhtiari. Man, my gut feeling is is that it just seems to be setback after setback with him. So uh, I, I'm optimistic. I hope they all come back. I want them all to come back. And, like, I believe they all can come back. But just the way the story is unfolded with Bach and Z, uh, I don't. I would say logically they're not coming back. Any of them or Bach and Z? Bach and Z. You think Jair's coming back? I do, yeah. Okay. I think Bakhtiari will be back. I think Bakhtiari knows that this is likely Aaron's last year. He's going to push himself utterly to the maximum limit. They had this, you know, scope procedure to clean up whatever was fucked up in the surgery. And I think, I just think that he's going to hit his deadline. Z I'm worried about because while Z has been posting Insta stories, I also see Z as this very like manic emotional person who is liable to like get good news one day on his rehab and like run with it to Instagram and be like, I'm coming, like I'm feeling it. I'm coming back. And then like, you know, next three days are mediocre days. And it's like, Oh, you're not really on track. Um, Something like that. But I also am worried about Z like, seeing the writing on the wall because I think with his contract situation and the Packers cap situation and Rashawn mm-hmm. Gary's play and Preston mm-hmm. Smith's play and Preston Smith's leadership specifically okay, in Zedarius Smith's absence mm-hmm. is is there a space for <laughs> his team in the long term and if there's not how eager is he to come back now I mean you can definitely make the case that like he does need to come back and show people what player he is on the other side of this back stuff. So if he does get cut, that he's got a market in free agency. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't yeah, know. It's Z, almost Z, more important for him than it is for us for him to come back. Yeah, Z, Z's a real, real, I think he's the biggest question mark of the three. Um, Jair, it sounds like they're more and more optimistic that Jair is coming back. Um, but my second part to this is, if you could pick one guy and have them back full strength, who are you taking of those three? I think I'd have to go with Jair just because of the way Razul is playing to put a fucking full strength Jair on the opposite side of him right now would just be fucking, it could be amazing. I, I, I'd almost worry about like fucking with the program, like plugging someone in and moving someone around that secondary. I think Rasul's definitely got to start. And then if you have Jair on the outside, is Stokes your nickel back? Are you really throwing a nick uh, a rookie who's been playing outside all year? Are you throwing him to the inside? Um, or are you going to have Jair come back and be your nickel back? I'm fine Man, with that. I, think... I don't think you disturb what Rasul's doing. Yeah, you leave Rasul alone until something mm-hmm. horrible happens. You take Jair, who is amazing and physically talented and can probably do anything, and you plug him in wherever else Rizal isn't. You For me, I think <clears throat> with David Bakhtiari, I think Yash has been doing fine out there. You know, I, I think he's almost at a starting caliber, you know, job, but Aaron Rodgers makes everything look better. 
Um, but I think the way that line's been playing together now for a little bit, I think they can continue to get better. Um, of course, you know, you want them all back. But I'm trying to think who would make who better. Would Jair make the pass rush better, or would Z make our um, backfield better? And I think Jair Alexander would make the pass rush better because Rashawn Gary, he's got a lot of pressures. I think, you know, it seems like we're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And if we have one more playmaker out there in the, the defensive backfield, more interceptions. You know, and you can give, I think, yeah, I think it would be Jair, putting Jair in the slot. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Moving him inside, having Rasul out there, if it's three, if it, if it's just two cornerbacks, then, man, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's kind of my thought, putting Jair in the nickel. We're switching him up. Um, I think it's interesting no one said Zadarius because – it's a if you were to gosh I don't even know how you would answer this question at the beginning of the year but Z was you know he was the defense for the past um yeah. two years Jair kind of started to take it over last year yeah. but um it's really interesting that I think he's kind of third on all of our lists is what I mean it's a close third man you any second. one of those guys any one yeah. of those guys. Yeah, and, and also like when Whitney Merciless went, remember when Whitney Merciless went down, it was like fuck, you know yeah. that was like a nice third rotation piece. Now like, and it was like we really need Z back, and then things have been pretty much fine. Um, yeah. Kenny Clark's been really adding to that pass rush this year in a way that he hasn't the past two seasons <coughs> in the regular season. Um. I think the thing that worries Any, me most is getting Z back and having it not be a success story. Yeah, I think that's the the he, Z is definitely the highest risk return because if he comes back, it might not be. Yeah, he's so already seemed to kind of be taking a slight <laughs> step back. You feel like like not only on the field but like in the locker room, he didn't win captain this year at the beginning of the year. Yeah. That was kind of fucking crazy. And, like, he seemed real distant from the team even before he got injured. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed kind of be, like, a lone wolf a little bit. Like, he yeah, kind of like, took some space for himself after that happened. So it's hard. It's, like, we were wondering, does he not have the vaccine and everybody on the team hates him? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> he seemed fucking disconnected. He's the only <laughs> vaccinated person on the team. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that got pretty But good. I'll say this. You would take any two over one. Any combination of any two. Like, I mean, it's 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 really close between. You'd take any of them. If, you know, well, here's like, the point I want to make about Bakhtiari. Is Bakhtiari, it's hard to judge Bakhtiari because um, his importance changes greatly depending on if Billy Turner and Josh Myers are able to get back healthy or not. Because we're missing actually 60, 80% of our line right now. Um, yeah. Uh, but if you're able to get what? Josh back, if you're able to get Billy Turner back, then the offensive line is going to be better off. Um, and why would you take Josh Myers back at this point? Rookie. 
over Lucas Patrick, who's been filling in kind of nicely at center. He's been all right. I've, I've, you know, I've always I, never liked, <laughs> I've never really liked Lucas Patrick, but you know, you don't hear his name called much. Yeah, I think you know, you you weigh that internally. Josh Myers was doing really well before he got hurt, um, and Lucas yeah. Patrick's had had some bumps to start. I agree, he's been doing better lately, but. You see, I mean, and it's also a difference, like, can you get him reps against Detroit? Also, you can see him in practice and see, you know, how he looks compared to how he looked. Um, But I think if, you know, if you have that full complement, you know, maybe the reason that you put Myers back at center is to put Patrick back at guard and get Newman off the field. Yeah. Who has been apparently coming on as of late, too. Yeah. But I, you know, still would think of him as the weak link. Um, so Bakhtiari is an interesting case. Um, Yosh has been, Yosh has been doing great, um, considering that he's like, what, the fourth? Yeah. Like if you had all guys healthy and you were really like trying to find the best left tackle every day, you would go David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner. (laughs) Yeah. And then, then you get to Yosh. Um, Yeah, so I would say of those three, if I could only bring one back, I think it would be Z- – I can't it, – it's got to be Jair. He's the, he's, the, he's the best and most prime of, of those guys. I think yeah. it's – I think shoulder injuries scare me because – Yes. Especially for DBs and especially ones that like to blow up wide receiver screens the way Jair does. That was a good question. I enjoyed yeah. that question. So, I want you to pick two paths to the Super Bowl, and I can show the standings so we understand where things are and where they could be. Um, I want you to pick your path of triumph. What would be the best, most satisfying wins to get on the way to the Super Bowl? And then what would be your feasible path of most ease mm-hmm. in getting to the Super Bowl? So, funnest opponents and coasting. Funnest opponents if you win, right? Mm-hmm. And then coasting. Okay. I think yeah. So the the funnest, the most funnest for me would be the Rams beating Stafford in the divisional round, like just early getting them out of the way, and then bringing Mike McCarthy back to Lambeau. That would be an amazing game. Beating McCarthy in Lambeau. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the fun round. Dude, the fun route has to be in the Cowboys and then the Bucks. We've already beat the Rams this year. How could that be that much fun? Because it's Matt Stafford, and you just make him feel like a lion again. I'd rather make Tom Brady feel like a lion for the first time. And you can't have a funnest fucking path without taking revenge on what happened last year. I just don't want to see Tom Brady. I don't care. I don't care if he loses us or I don't care. Well, yeah, if he Tom loses. Brady's definitely not in the coasting route. Yeah, how 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 fun would it be to beat Tom Brady? That would be great. But Russell if we're talking Douglas about like, pure six. enjoyment, so this if you're talking about like competitive, like who do you want to? Yeah, you want to beat the best. Satisfaction. Competitive satisfaction. Then it would be. Uh, Dallas first, and then Tom Brady. That's what I and said. the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. 
that's that would be the route. The Cowboys coming off a wild card win, and then the Buccaneers coming off the divisional you win. Are, you guys are thinking too small here. The most satisfying route would be the 49ers, <laughs> then the Buccaneers, then the Cowboys. So you're giving us a third mm. game. I don't Mm. If we fall, we listen. If we lose tomorrow, fall to the two seed, this or three, I don't know. Niners slip to seven or stay at six if we can fall all the way. To, I don't think we can fall all the way to three. But if it's two versus seven, we get the Niners. That would be fun to to go in there, mm-hmm. beat Kyle Shanahan, then beat Tom Brady, exercise the demons of the last two years, then face. In Dallas, face Mike McCarthy, <laughs> where we want to, where they want a Super Bowl together, yeah, for the NFC Championship. Who really doesn't? Oh, that would be, that would be the. the and so that would give Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, the Mike McCarthy Cowboys, one or two victories, playoff victories at Jerry World, and then if we came in there and beat them, that would give Aaron Rodgers the title back for. You know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers versus Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, who has more victories, playoff victories in Jerry World. That'd be Aaron. This is only That'd McCarthy's second year there, right? Yes. Yes. For him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How are you how how are you saying that dudes a, can't fucking coach? Because yeah. he doesn't call timeouts at the right time? Well it turns out <laughs> coaching is a little more than calling timeouts, you fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in Madden. Not in Madden. Not in Madden. Um, and then easiest route that is feasible. Let's think about this. So we get the one seed, obviously. And then we it could... be Eagles and then Cardinals. Let's say the Eagles, yeah, are the worst team there. If you get the Eagles going up against the Cowboys and something happens because it's the third time they've played, then you could get somewhere. You would get the Eagles in the second round, and then you beat the Eagles, you're on to the NFC Championship against who? The Arizona Cardinals. Arizona, yeah. I mean, it, you get the Eagles and Cardinals to go to the Super Bowl. There's your dream shot. You get the one seed. Hope the Eagles pull off an upset against the Cowboys if they're playing for the third time. And then you want to talk about Mike McCarthy being a shitty coach. Someone's figured him out after playing him twice. There's your narrative there. And then, I mean, the Cardinals aren't going to. They are supposed to be getting DeAndre Hopkins back for the playoffs, though, aren't they? No idea. Or the Rams. I mean, the Rams were so. the weaker of those two opponents, right? Of course, we didn't have Devontae Adams, so it was a different mm-hmm. game for us. But I think the Rams the Rams are playing bad teams and also starting to figure stuff out. It's both. <coughs> Neither of them scares me at all. Who scares you? The Bucks. Maybe the Cowboys, but probably not the Cowboys. Micah Parsons scares me. Trayvon Diggs scares me too. I actually, I bet Aaron could, if he gets time to study Trayvon Diggs, 
I mean, do you really think petty ass Aaron Rodgers loses to Mike McCarthy in the playoffs? Yes. No way. That would be so funny. It would. It would be my favorite exit if we have to exit. That would be delicious. But I don't like that. Aaron's going to do all the fucking defensive meetings there, too. And then in the AFC, who do you, I, I don't care who you want to face or who you'd be most satisfied to face. Who other than Kansas City has, who has the best shot other than Kansas City? The Bills did just beat the Patriots. I think any game is potentially scary to go to. Scared of every team. Every team can be too much. Or Derrick Henry not coming back? No, Derrick Henry's supposed to be back. Miami in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Seven in a row. 